On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss Mike McCarthy being fired from the Green Bay Packers and the Aaron Rodgers controversy. Uh, the Redskins, Washington Redskins QB situation and Colin Kaepernick, uh, the college football playoffs. Did the committee get it right? And LeBron James and stars wanting to or not to play with him in L.A. So tune in to this, episode, this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here today with my two boys, E, Al. What's good, fellas? Doing good, man. Can't complain. I'm going to complain. Uh, I just need some water to get myself going, so bear with me. <laughs> Hydration. Yeah, definitely. 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 Oh, man, fellas, just another crazy week of sports. I guess we could get started with the the chaos that's going on up in Green Bay, up in Packer Nation. Uh, the head coach got fired. And just today, the associate head coach got fired because he went on Twitter and threw, I'm not going to say shade, but he uh, tried to put some accountability out there towards the organization and, uh, and the ball cupping of uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's cold in the basement, so you got to cup the balls. So, I I guess it's it's this craziness going on out there, you know. And one would say that Aaron Rodgers is getting too big for his britches. But, I mean, he is one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, so I guess he can get away with such leeway. But I never thought there would see a day where an associate head coach would get fired because he was really trying to – point some accountability to management, but not in a bad way because I read it and it wasn't that bad. But what did you guys take on the whole situation from the head coach going down to the associate head coach? Well, for me, I mean, the, the head coach, I mean, uh, you know, I guess we figured this was something that was eventually going to happen the way that the uh, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, you know, relationship over the last couple of years has been very contentious to say the least. Um, it looked like he literally quit in that last game on, on McCarthy, in my opinion. And basically, yeah, I mean, th- I think the right was really on the walls for the most part. I think most people probably felt that, you know, he might have gotten, you know, at least to the end of the season to finish it up. But the way things have been going, you know, over the last couple of seasons, I mean, you don't have a GM. You have a – you have a, I'm going to call him an owner. You have a CEO, like he's running a business organ, you know, a business organization. And after you paying Aaron Rodgers a hundred and plus million dollars guaranteed monies that he just signed, I mean, you're going to, you know, listen to your, you know, your, your prize assets. So I think he made a decision. Did I see it come with Mike McCarthy? Yeah. I mean, do I think he probably should at least had the luxury to finish out the, the end of the season. Yes. I mean, there's been a lot of bad coaches um, that are still employed and have jobs and Mike McCarthy's not one of them. Him and Aaron Rodgers just couldn't get along, and the offense that he wanted to, you know, implement was something that looks like it was, you know, not in alignment with what um, Aaron Rodgers wanted. So he gets fired. I mean, but there's some culpability because, you know, Mike McCarthy made some mistakes. Aaron Rodgers, for as good as he is, he only really made to one Super Bowl and one. Outside of that, he hasn't sniffed 
the Super Bowl, let alone the NFC um, Championship game since then, uh, if I can recall. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's great and everything, but, you know, there's got to be some culpability on his end. The assistant coach, I'm not even sure what he even said, so that one caught me off guard when I heard about that. So I don't know why he got let go. It's probably going to end up being a whole cleaning of the entire house as far as coaching side once the end of the season comes. So, I mean, if you're going to start letting cats go, then you might as well get rid of everybody because whoever's coming on new is going to get rid of everybody anyway. So, I mean, either you get rid of them all now or you get rid of them all at the end of the season. Don't just cherry pick a person here and there. So, to me, it's uh, – I don't know who's going to be the next head coach of that team, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to um, the culpability factor. And I also agree with you on the fact that I really think that at the, by the end of the season, they really are going to clean house and start new. Um, they're going to make a lot of changes. I just had that feeling that this is just the tip of the iceberg where they're going to actually um, make some changes, bring in someone new, and then they're going to bring in their staff in. But it doesn't um, – it. It, the, the Packers have just been bad these past couple. It hasn't been on an upward twin. It hasn't stayed on a steady climb. It's just been this season. It's just been the the the, the last straw, so to speak. So, like you said, there was so much dysfunction um, behind the scenes. I think that what it is is that it just needs a fresh start. And let's be honest, Mike McCarthy's been there for a long time coaching the Packers. So. I think that that's what the CEO was saying. You know, you know what? I think it's time to just move on. Um, to be honest, I wish a lot of other teams would eventually do the same thing, start using new blood. But um, I think that at the end of the day, the disconnect between him and Aaron Rodgers right now is just, it's just there where it just needed a fresh start. And I agree. I thought it was going to be at the end of this season. I didn't know it was going to be before this season. Um, but the record – course show what it what the Packers were and you know I have to say this at least they started early so now they can start their coaching search for a new head coach someone who can probably be on the same page as Aaron Rodgers and get things going in the right direction and hopefully they, they can do something going forward with that but I agree I think there's going to be a clean house and whoever they bring in as a new coach this season I think that they're going to actually just clean house and bring in their own group of guys to start fresh Personally, I think if Green Bay wants to get back to where they were a couple of years ago, Aaron Rodgers may not be too keen on this suggestion, but he may need to rework his contract, try to free up some of those monies so they could try to pay some other guys to come in, at least some decent contracts to get some decent talent around them. Randall Cobb is probably going to be gone after this year. There was a time when Aaron Rodgers had a wealth of wide receivers that you knew who were reliable and that could do great things. But name one receiver that Green Bay has that's notable that you can sit there and just scream out. I know I can at this particular point. Randall Cobb is the only one that I can sit there and actually think of, and he's been hurt half the season. Um, the season for a whole for Green Bay has just been real, a, a big debacle. Uh, they just can't seem to catch any breaks. But I think I agree with both of you. I think, you know, they'll go ahead and clean house, get some fresh blood in there, uh, get somebody who's on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, an offensive-minded type of guru, 
who come in there and put up big numbers like the guys from uh, L.A., Philly, Houston, um, Atlanta, just to name a few. And I think they'll be all right. But I still believe that Aaron Rodgers probably needs to restructure his contract a little bit. He's still young. He could he could give up five or seven million dollars of his money, and possibly reroute that somewhere so other players could uh, so they could bring in some some higher quality uh, free agents. So if he's willing to concede that a little bit, I think they'll be just fine moving next year. I don't think he's going to do that. He just he just got the contract, and if he was willing to rework some money, he wouldn't have took what he took. <laughs> so I don't think that's. I don't think that's happening, but I do agree. He had a little bit more wealth of talent. Definitely had a running game, which is that year that he won the championship was more so driven by the running game and a dominant defense, two of the things he doesn't really have plentiful of right now. I mean, the only offensive weapon that's been the surefire for the most part has been uh, Devontae Adams, and that's been kind of lukewarm most of the season. But, but I agree with you. He, he just doesn't have the talent around him so you have to build around, build a better offensive line so he doesn't get those hits like he takes sometimes. Um, a, a durable running back that he can get to, um, you know, run the ball. I mean, there's a couple of running backs out there, I mean, that he could probably go from some of these teams. I mean, hey, they should throw some money at um, James Conner, depending on that ankle, excuse me, high ankle sprain of, uh, <laughs> if he's not signed long term. But, I mean, there's definitely some options they can go to, but, do I see him giving some of that money back? Not after he just signed that contract. That's guaranteed money. So I wouldn't do it. And let me ask you a question. Is that's a, There's no GM there, right? Mm, don't believe an official GM. They need what? an official. If they don't have one, they need an official GM. That's really the problem at this point because you can't just have somebody up top and not have somebody – the GM to, to manage this. And if they don't get a GM in place, as far as the team is concerned, how are they going to balance all this out? Someone could go to Rogers and like you say, he may not, you know, of course, why would he do it? But at least the offer is made where he could do a search to get some more players in. Who's the decision? Who is the person that's making the decision of bringing which free agents into the, to the Packers? or making trades. Like, they need somebody that has the relationship, that has the experience to make those decisions to help better the team. And to be honest, the way it sounds, it doesn't look like they have someone to do that because it's not benefiting Aaron Rodgers because he don't have that amount of talent there to help push him to, to, to help the Packers equal wins at this point, at least at this stage. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm, I'm sure Green Bay is going to get it together. Um, this is, you know, they don't have lulls too often. So, especially when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to let that talent go to waste. So, they're going to make do and try to get some talent in there. But they they better do well in the draft. They, there's some talents and wide receivers coming out this year's draft. Hopefully, they'll hit on one, maybe two and uh, see where they can go from there. They definitely need a running back. Damn I was say, they, they need a lot right now. They don't right. need just some guard receivers. They need running back. They need, their defense need to be up to par because their defense hasn't been like where it should be. Um, and I think he's, Aaron Rodgers still needs some more protection. Like, to be honest, it's almost going the same route the way the Giants is with Eli Manning. All jokes aside, it seems that way. So they need to right the ship quick. Eli done. 
Say that again. So the Giants gonna draft their quarterback this year. Who knows? I have no idea what they're gonna do. <laughs> I don't even think they know what they're gonna do. <laughs> this one, you think they uh, they're down and out in the, uh, the NFC East? Something always happens. They still got a shot, an outside shot. But they can still you keep bringing that up like last week. It is not going to happen, man. It is not going that. to happen. I'm sorry. Let me say that now. Anything is possible. They need A to win the division outright, and B, they need Dallas and Philadelphia to lose just about every game starting. And they both can't lose next week or, or tie is about the best they can hope and then win outright. So it's, that's, that's too much of a, of a help. But I agree, Al. They're, I mean, they might be still mathematically someone in it, but realistically, they're out of it. <laughs> I can dare to dream, can I? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you can dream all you want, but. <laughs> oh, so let me ask you this: the 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 NFC East representative will they win more than eight games this season? I think so. Yeah, I think the winner is going to probably be nine, nine, nine wins. Yeah, I can see that too. And who do you guys see coming out of the East? I, I'm really looking. Hey, the Eagles play Cowboys this week, right? Yep. Then I'm looking for. Whoa. Yeah, I think yeah they do have them this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for the winner of the Eagles Cowboys game. To, to to do something because Washington right now they don't have a quarterback at all with so many injuries. They took like, some bad. They they were just, they were rolling good. I kind of feel bad for the for Redskins right now because for that to happen back to back is that never had that have that ever happened back to back weeks when uh, well, the starting well, quarterback goes down. I want to say, well, it wasn't back-to-back weeks, but it definitely was within like a three-week span. You had your your first and your second string of both get broken legs. <laughs> and then you got to come to deep in your bullpen to Mark Sanchez, who just got signed a couple of weeks ago. Well, hmm. interesting that you gentlemen should bring that up. Let's discuss the Washington Redskins and their QB situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really got to go there. Okay. And, and uh, Gruden coming on said, you know, making it clear that, yes, we did discuss the option of bringing in Colin Kaepernick. But because of the system, uh, we feel we need to go into a different direction because he won't have enough time to learn the playbook. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so any quarterback that comes in off the street, they may have some generalization of a playbook, but – don't they still need to learn the playbook in order to run the offense? And you have to have some level of smarts to kind of understand something. So are you trying to tell me, Redskin Nation, that you believe Colin Kaepernick is not smart enough to pick up on the playbook? Or or is the organization not smart enough to dumb down the playbook to make it so that Colin Kaepernick can run the offense and kind of build on it? For the rest of the season. Thoughts? <laughs> Redskins would just been better off saying no. We didn't even think about Colin Kaepernick. Next question, and left it at that. 
because what you said basically was implying, yeah, we thought about it, but then uh, we're, we don't think he's going to learn the playbook or we didn't think he would fit in our system. But we'll go and get Joe Johnson, someone who hasn't taken a snap since 2007, or I think, or eight. It hasn't been that long. I think it's been like maybe 2014, 15. It's been longer than that. Really? I yeah. thought he was in Tampa Bay. Uh, the last stop he was in Tampa Bay. Last time he took an NFL snap. Damn, how old is this cat? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, you'd have been better off just saying no. We didn't even think about considering Colin Kaepernick next question because that's what they really should have just did. Don't try to say, yeah, we – try to make it look good. Just say what you felt. No, we didn't want to bring him in. And I would have took that more that would have been a, a much more realer, you know, conversation there than just trying to make fluff and say, yeah, we didn't, we discussed it, but nah, we're not going to do anything. But we're going to bring in somebody who hasn't started you know, l- longer than Colin Kaepernick did. So all you're basically doing is going to call our Kaepernick light, pers- you know, light he might have the same skin complexion. Well, he might <laughs> he might be almost the same skin complexion. He might have the same kind of skill set, but Colin Kaepernick is still slightly better. But <laughs> basically, just just say no. We didn't even think about it. Next question. Um, we 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 we've been going back and forth about this, you know. Um, but I agree. Um, why not even why even mention his name because. Now you're starting to get people's hopes up. Think that you know maybe in other NFL teams is going to look at Colin Kaepernick when we all know what the actual deal is right now. So I don't know why they would um, bring it up, but I mean, not even to say like it would have been more easier if you would have brought him up if you actually did bring him in, if you actually did give him a tryout. But to just say yeah, we meant, you know the name was brought up. Why even mention that? Like. I agree with you, Earl. Just move on. It's it's not that serious at this point unless you actually bring that person in and you bring Colin in and, you know, you have a conversation with him. But none, no one has even done that at this stage. So it was irrelevant. So so does this prove that there is collusion in the NFL towards Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> it's, it's being – blackball without officially being blackball. We all know what it is. You'll never get emails. You'll never get a smoking gun. You'll never get anything on paper. All you're going to get is a wink and a nod. All those people think the same way. All those people, you know, are of the same economic, you know, stratosphere. So they're all thinking along the same lines. So we all know what it is, but you'll never get anything on paper or on tape. Bottom line. <laughs> Bottom line. So damn shame, damn shame. You got you. You can't. Redskins organization cannot look me in the eye and tell me Josh Jackson is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. That's what they're going to tell you. That's exactly what they're going to tell you. And what has Josh Jackson done in his NFL career that warrants him to be better than Colin Kaepernick? So basically what the bottom line is, what it is, is basically the bottom line is is that the owners care more about the money aspect than the team's actually winning. That's the bottom line. I mean, they care care about the almighty dollar at this point um, instead of getting the best prospect for the best person, the best player available for their team. So, so, you know, it's 
it's crazy that they can sit there and bring in um um what's the court uh, the linebacker I can't even think of his name left the 49ers Ruben Foster Ruben Foster so they can bring in Ruben Foster so no he hasn't been guaranteed anything you know he has blah 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 until he's cleared blah 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 but yet this is a, a guy who has multiple offenses of domestic violence yeah you know dude this kneels you know don't say nothing to nobody might have called a, a cop a pig well, who hasn't called a cop a pig you know what I'm saying? It's just the hypocrisy of it all. But you know, the, the, the bottom line is this. Yes, it is winning. But if they brought in these players and they actually won, would they not make their money? If you brought in the players and they won their case, what? Like, so if, if they brought in Colin Kaepernick and they were winning, would they not make their money? So you trying to tell me Redskin fans would just turn their back and say, screw, screw the fact that they're winning? Well, I guarantee that stadium will be full. I guarantee there'll be Kaepernick uh, jerseys all throughout that damn stadium being worn by fans yeah. if they were winning. That, but the question is, is if. Like, they're, they're thinking, here's the, the thing about it. If you bring in all those players and let's say, for example, you know, of course they're going to get the backlash. And yet they're still, you know, they could be winning, you know, winning regular season games without, you know, they have to like win the the whole thing, Super Bowl included, and everything for it to be forgiven at this stage. For at least from the Redskins fans' perspective, for it to be forgiven, if they don't win the Super Bowl with those people there, the backlash will be unreal. And to be honest, it will be not just from fans. We already know where the backlash will come from, and it's. You're talking about – I'm not talking about like Ruben Foster. I'm talking about for Colin Kaepernick. We already know that the backlash will not come from the fans. It will come from people outside of the NFL fan, um, fan base. It will be from everywhere from politics to, to, to entertainment. You know, it will go so over from – it will go past the fan base that it will be a major thing. And – the owners, like I said before, and like we talked about this, we texted about this, the owners don't want that type of heat, bottom line. Whether it's from – and it's not from the fan base itself because, yeah, maybe a majority of fan base will accept it, but we're talking about the people that – like the, the congressmen, the politicians out there that actually are looking for things to get done, like the owners are looking to get done in like for stadiums or whatever the case may be. So, you know – that's why they're tipping toeing about Colin Kaepernick. Like Earl say, he's completely backballed at this at this point. They'll go to the far ends of the earth, grab people from the CFL, and look at them before they will look at Colin Kaepernick, which is unfortunate because right now he is the best quarterback available right now for all teams. Hey, look, the Redskins signed uh signed Mark Jackson uh, about a month, about a little, little over a month ago. So that already tells you what they thought about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, um, so. They got to go with Mark Sanchez. I mean, like you said, if he was to get put on that team and if he was to start, yes, there's going to be some kickback and some backlash from people outside the Redskins organization. But if they were to win the whole thing, that would be the only thing that will quiet it down. But then you still have the Colin Kaepernick backlash. Is he going to kneel? Is he not going to kneel? Is he going to kneel for the rest of the games? Is he going to kneel? 
in a wild card game? Is he going to kneel in a divisional championship game? Is he going to kneel in the NFC championship game? Is he going to kneel in a Super Bowl prime time when everybody's watching? And so you're going to have those people talking about him for the next three months. So it will, it will take nothing but a winning MVP performance to quiet it up. And still, you got to come back next year to keep him. Is he going to kneel? So at that Right now, the owners are happy that the kneeling aspect is out of the picture. They don't want to do anything to bring that type of heat back on it. They want to make the money, don't make any waves, don't have anybody complain about them directly, and make sure the product they put on the field is good. But like you said, they'll claim Ruben Foster off of waivers and then say, oh, well, he's not going to play. We haven't inserted him or anything like that. But if you didn't want him, why you claim him off of waivers before anybody else could? Kareem Hunt, which he didn't get into, he will eventually get a job. It won't be – it will be sometime next year probably. Whatever team gets him, depending on what kind of infraction that the NFL is going to put on him. If Ezekiel Elliott got six games, he's probably going to get minimum six games. So, but no matter what, he's a risk worth taking based on his body of work that he's done last year and this year up to the point. So, well, Foster is going to play for the rest games, you know, eventually – Kareem Hunt is going to play eventually. Colin Kaepernick will never play. So I don't know why even people even, A, bring up – well, basically, reporters stop bringing it – well, let me phrase that. You want them to keep shedding light on it, but I wish the owners would just say, no, we didn't consider it. Right. It's almost like why did – why did Gruden feel the, feel the need to actually come out and say this? You know what I mean? They, like you said, they've just been better off to say nothing at all. And just sign the damn quarterback. But I knew, I guess it would have been up to the media to sit there and say, well, damn, Josh Jackson over Colin Kaepernick, what the, what the deal? So I guess they figured they'll get ahead of it and just put it out there to say, yeah, we thought about it, but nah. I just wish they'd be like, we thought, you know, this quarterback that fits our scheme and this kept it moving. But That's bad PR for the Redskins' perspective. Especially after signing uh, Ruben Foster. Exactly. You would think they learned their lesson by that. Because they have to be very careful because anything they say could could be directly used in that collusion case that Colin Kaepernick still has with the league, which they're still pissed about. So they got to make sure they're not saying, well, we don't want them on there because now certain statements could be used to saying that there is collusion to keep them from playing, which you all know that it is. So they're going to have to go and say, well, we thought about it, we talked about it, but we decided, no, it just didn't fit our schemes. When in reality – you weren't going to think about it or bring them on anyway. I just wish they would have this. Uh, beat the dead horse with this crap. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, uh, just to keep it on football really quick, um, the college football playoffs, have we discussed this last week? No, it just came out. This came out uh, yesterday. No, uh, no, we didn't discuss it. Right. The college football playoffs just came out. Your number one, is, number one team is Alabama. Number two... Clemson, number three, Oklahoma. And I'm sorry, number three is Notre Dame. Number four is Oklahoma. Fellas, do you think that's the that's a good top four, or do you think somebody got left out, or do you think the committee got it right? Do you ultimately think it's going to be uh, moved up to eight teams? Uh, what's your take? I mean, I think they got it right. I mean, uh, you know, there was some argument, you know, being made before they released the thing on Sunday saying that, uh, you know, even though 
Georgia won the game that they played, and I guess their I guess strength of schedule, overall body work warranted them to stay number four, irregardless of whether or not they didn't win their own, you know, you know, you know, conference. So, you know, they played Alabama. They had the lead. They should have won that game. They should have taken care of business. You had two out. You let Jalen Hurst come down, who doesn't throw the ball, and score two TDs on you. That was their game that they should have won, like they should have won last year in a championship game. Sorry, you can't get a redo of the you know of the beat of the game last year in the playoffs. No, I know you want a, a, a rematch. You know Georgia lost, Alabama won. Georgia, you get knocked out number four. Oklahoma, Ohio State, they won their conferences. They move up, you move down. That's just the way that it goes. And to me, I was comfortable with it. I actually thought this was going to put Ohio State number four. But, oh, um, yeah. Me too. Me too. I thought that was going to happen. So I was a little bit surprised when they put Oklahoma in there. But, um, you know, Ohio State did get a bad loss, even though they did kind of torch uh, Michigan defense, which was overrated, in my opinion. They they got taken to the gates both Maryland, and they got dusted twice. So, I mean, like, let's, let's call a spade a spade. They've been rocky. <laughs> uh, your talk, sir. No, no, I, I completely agree. I thought the, I thought the, um, I thought they got it right for the top four teams. I mean, so the, the playoffs is all set. I mean, I have no complaints about all the ones that got dropped um, at this point and the ones that got made it in. Um, and we always going to have the same discussion every year about whether or not they're going to eventually change it to eight teams. At first, I was saying that there was going to be a issue I could see a possibility of it going from a four to eight teams but now I'm like there's no need like I think where it stands with the four four team playoffs I think it's is legit right now I think it's worked out for for everybody at this point um I think top four teams should try and see who could, who is the best I, I have no problem with that but I know it's still going to be an ongoing debate next year we're going to have the same discussion maybe it should be eight teams down the road, but me personally, I think it should stick to the four and just take it from there. Um, to be honest, I kind of wish all sports did that, stick it to four teams and just take it from there. Much more easier. Well, nothing. Nah, you got to have the 68 for March Madness. That's just – that's just. Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying – well, all right, I'm not saying NCAA because the March Madness is its own um, identity. So I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is, is that – kind of eliminate some of these other – these first-round teams. Like, not saying NCAA, I'm just saying, like, in playoffs, like sports playoffs, NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs. You know, do we actually really need a wild card where we can just take the top teams from each division and go head-to-head? You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Um, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know. I know it's about the money. I, I know. I know. And to be honest, that's why I – I I know that I say it's going to be four teams, but with the money situation ever so growing and people want to get more of it, I could see it eventually being pushed down the road to like an eight-man, um, eight-team playoff system um, from a money aspect. I don't see no other reason why they would do it, but from a money aspect, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think you would have really had a lot. I mean, right now, this is a very tame discussion. I think the discussion that would have been had if Georgia did actually did beat Alabama, 
how how does how does those rankings go? Where does Alabama fall? Do they stay at number one or do they fall down? Georgia moves in. Oh, Clemson uh, moves in. What do you do at Notre Dame? Oh, oh. No, bottom line, if 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 Georgia would have won, it would have been Clemson one. I think Notre Dame two, Alabama three, Georgia four. So you. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, me personally, I'm tired of Alabama, but that's just my dude. Opinion. The whole thing is, I'm tired. I'm tired of the same three to four teams always making it every year. But I can't be mad because when you're the Alabamas, the Georgia, the Clemsons, some other the Ohio States, the Michigans, those blue blood programs that get the top talent every year, where they just reload, they don't rebuild. It's going to be like that. And eventually, people are going to get tired. Like, I know I'm tired of seeing Alabama in that damn thing every year. I'm surprised they weren't on the Big Ten nutsack and then put Ohio State in there because they want Ohio State in there or Michigan. You know, as much as they would love to have Oklahoma or Texas in there, they almost just salivated at the mouth to know that they're going to knock each other out. So eventually, the Big 12 don't have to say. Clemson, the ACC is just whack. And Clemson is just going to run away with it every year until somebody else steps up. It's a cry and shame that Clemson had to play Pitt in the damn ACC championship game. Clemson 12-0, and Pitt was 7-5. Come on now. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm really, uh, realistically, until Florida State gets their act together, <laughs> you're stuck with Clemson. When was the last time Florida State's act was together? When Bobby Bowden was the coach? I'm sorry. No, I take that back. I take that back. Old boy was there, and they won a championship with Winston. But Winston's been in the league how many years? This is his fifth year now? Jameis Winston? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's year five, right? Yeah, because they can – Four, four, year four. Oh, right, because they're picking up his option. They may or may not pick up his option next year. Yeah. So he won the championship his junior year. So Florida State didn't win the championship, but six years ago? Yeah, but but since then it's been a it's been Clemson, you know, dominating the ACC because the ACC is just trash. Well, here's my trash. Yeah, they, Clemson has no competition because Notre Dame wants to keep one foot in the ACC and one foot out. Uh, yes. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to go in the, in the ACC conference, which they should. If I was the ACC, I'm like it's either all or nothing. Get in or or stay out. However. Like you said, money money talks. And Notre Dame, I guess, brings some sort of value to that conference, but from all other uh, sports besides football. Uh, God, I mm. – That's why – Go ahead. That's why I should say the, the, the best way to do it would be to, at, the, at, at bare minimum, take your Power Five conferences and put them in the playoff. Yes. If you want to add – now that 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 that'd still be five teams. It'd be one more than four. It'd be five, and and maybe you can get to seven by pulling in two you, two you, invites. But at the I said the bare minimum, you take your Power Five conferences, the winners of each conference, you put them in the um, playoffs and call it a day. What you're saying? Take take the five and add two at large, and the the number one seeds get a first round bye. If if they're ranked number one and number two, yeah. Hmm. 
that would be to me the most logical way of doing it. I mean, you would still have your bowl games per se, but you just take your power five, maybe do two. Like you said, the two buys go to rank one, rank two. And then that's it. You're going to have the SEC crying foul. You're going to have everybody else crying foul because Georgia might be slightly better than some teams or LSU or whomever they want to put in the mix per year. But it's the fairest way of going about it. You reward your teams for winning their conference, their conferences, and then they get then they get a say so in the BC championship. And if Alabama is as good as they say, then they shouldn't have a problem or should be worried because they should beat everybody. Well, no, then I, I agree with you. Then you do the power five and then the one group of a group of five at large, and that makes six. And you go from there. Well, you can't do six, huh? You do, okay, so you need a 17. You need a 17. Yeah. You need a 17. So then the top number one overall seed out of the seven teams gets the, uh, gets the first round by, let the other six teams battle it out, and just go from there. See, look, we just saw the biggest issue with NCAA where both the fans can be happy and the teams can be happy. We should copyright this or do something to trademark this and bring this idea up to the people in the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, you can do a playoff system in the National Football League. You can do a playoff system in Division Two and Division Three. But you mean to tell me you can't figure out how to do a one in Division One? I mean, yes, you got your bowl games and the money. Nobody wants to lose off the money out the Orange, the Citrus, the Fiesta. I heard some funny, freaked out names of some 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 bowl games which I've never heard before. So I'm like, where did these fucking bowl games come from? A is way too many freaking bowls. But B, that'd be the best way of crowning your champion. Oh, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they gotta keep putting, bringing in these crazy bowls because they gotta reward a group of five squads. You know, they they don't have a uh, they don't have a seat at the table, so they gotta come out with all these crazy crazy bowl games to to supplement those schools who deserve to be recognized in a bowl game as well. So that's why you see some new crap coming up, but the new crap ain't for. Ain't for the power five schools. It's just for the the lower schools. So, um, ah, dude, I would just love if if one double A could sit there and have a sixteen team playoff and be successful at it. Division two and Division three can all do it. I understand it's all about money, but you know what? Sit money to the side. NCAA do it like the one double A's, the twos, and the threes. You host you host it at the the, the top-rated, the top-seeded school until you get to a point where then the bowls will come involved. Let the schools prosper a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Let the fans prosper a little bit. If, if, the, if the traveling team wants to bring some fans to Rutgers or to Morgantown or to North Carolina or, or to wherever, so be it. Damn, get, get, your, head out, get your head out your asses. Stop yeah. worried about the, dollar, the bottom dollar. You can still make your money on those, those top bowls, but get the top 16, uh, top 16 schools in there and then, and go for it. I mean, you know, listen to some of these bowl game names. I mean, there, there, there's the, there's the Cheez It Bowl, um, the Dollar General Bowl. Oh no, wait, this is a good one, the Idaho, Idaho Potato Bowl. Oh, that's, well, that's yeah, always, I heard about that one. Yeah, that's the, cure, the Cure Bowl or the Frisco Bowl. 
Yeah, the cheese bowl is the one that really kind of kind of makes me laugh. Or the Gaspar or the Gasparilla bowl. What the? <laughs> hey man, everybody needs a little uh, needs a little uh, libation in their life. I'm just curious as who came up with the names though. When you well, think they're all about sponsors, Gasparilla got to be some sort of machine, some type of whatever, but it's some sort of something that's sitting there paying for it. The uh, the, the Frisco bowl reminds me of uh, reminds me of an old uh, Biggie line. <laughs> <laughs> Need I not say on on the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> but, but man, but regardless, I mean, if you looked at, I forgot what site listed all the bowls and actual payouts. But some of them bowls don't even pay out two hundred thousand dollars. Hey, <laughs> it's like it's almost like the school spends after the school spends however they spend to get them there. It's like that's whatever is left over. It's like, is it even worth the while of? You know some of these bowls, but I guess to reward the players, you know, you do what you do. But it's like everybody, everybody gets a trophy unless you really suck that bad. <laughs> Participation <laughs> trophy, yeah. <laughs> everybody gets, it. everybody gets some love. Even the band and the cheerleaders. <laughs> hey, they get to get away too. Personally, that Bahamas bowl sound real nice. Uh, yeah. Is there, is, is there a breeze behind that Bahamas? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> if you get to go hang out in the Bahamas for a few days, man, I wouldn't mind playing in the bowl in the Bahamas. <laughs> or Hawaii. <laughs> but whether here nor there. We'll see how the, the bowl game shaped out this come uh, New, Year's, New Year's Eve. I look forward. Oh, snap. I hope they have it on the boat. Uh, you might be, you might be. No, nah, who knows? Modern technology might get your game on the boat. I'll be in somebody's sports bar on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> like Lee BB. <laughs> but I digress. Am I missing but, anything today, gentlemen? Real quick, I was lost. Your you guys' thoughts on, um, I know I didn't say his name, but your thoughts on, uh, uh, um, let me phrase that. I'm going to do a subject that's near and dear to Alfred's heart. That's <laughs> what? It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, Lavar Ball. <laughs> it's the ah. With Durant's comments about saying how a star does not. Uh, ah, yes. Some stars don't want to go to the Lakers to play with uh, LeBron James. I'm sorry, I missed that. What happened? Okay. Uh, Durant made a, I guess made a comment speaking in regards to people playing with LeBron James, and he was saying that a lot of stars uh, don't want to play or, or shy away from playing with LeBron James because they believe the situation there would be toxic. Yes. I didn't know if any of you guys heard that or what your thoughts about that one. Yeah. Um, I read a little article about that earlier today. Um, I think I shared that with the, with the group there. Um, I guess my take is this. Yes, when he left Cleveland to go to Miami, all three of those guys were young and in their prime. And I guess uh, Chris Bosh was willing to sacrifice his numbers in order for the greater good, where where uh, LeBron and Wade really did all the heavy lifting. Um, but as this younger generation of NBA stars come in there, uh, they want to shine just as much as LeBron does. And that's the reason why you see Kyrie 
got out of Cleveland with the quickness once they got that championship. He's like, nah, I don't need no more part of this. I got what I needed. I'm out. <laughs> um, and not to say that the Lakers aren't playing great. I think they're playing pretty damn good basketball considering the pieces that they have. But I also think that the West is just the teams in the West, uh, the teams that you think that will be playing well are not playing well, but you got the teams that are like the Clippers and whomever else out there leading the damn West. It's like you got you scratching your head like, okay, how long is that going to last <laughs> before the other teams get to acting act together? Um, he, KD had made mention of Kawhi Leonard. Like, why would Kawhi want to go play with LeBron when Kawhi commands his own type of presence, his own type of, you know, running the ball, etc.? He says young stars don't really want to go with him because – then you're going to be playing second fiddle. And even though LeBron is 34 years old, he's still averaging damn near 29 points a game. And if you're Kawhi Leonard and you're averaging 27 points a game, but then, you know, LeBron got to have the ball in his hands X, Y, Z, number amount of times, do you really want to sacrifice your game just to say you want to go back to, to La La Land? And I think a lot of those guys who are considering going to the Lakers are now actually considering going to the Clippers. Over the Lakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, KD is absolutely right. And I said, this, to be honest, I kind of said this before with Jimmy Butler, because everybody was talking about Jimmy Butler going to L.A. I'm like, you know, there's no reason for him to even think about going to the Lakers. While, if anything, you know, he was talking about mentioning the Clippers. And reporters is wanting him to go to L.A., to the Lakers. Seems as though that, in a nutshell, I don't think LeBron James cares, you know, who comes in on whatever team, you know, long as they know how, you know, long as they know who's the alpha male there. Um, as far as, like, I agree, young stars right now don't really want to play with LeBron at this stage. They want to make a name for themselves. And I think that, reporters out there media wise i think katie is absolutely right like not every superstar wants to go play with lebron um especially after they heard the the, the whole thing about cleveland and you know all the other stops he's been in miami as well but the thing is is that you know yes he does give you the best chance to win a championship but how much are you sacrificing of yourself to allow that to happen and you can see that with the cleveland cavaliers now that majority of the people is a shell of a shell of themselves. Like um, Kevin Love right now, who's out on injury. Kyle Corver is now happy that he's going out of Cleveland and now in Utah. He even put a clause in that says, as soon as LeBron James leaves, you know, I want to be immediately traded on the back end. So, like, he already knew the writing was on the wall. When LeBron said that he's going to L.A., I know Kyle, was, Kyle Corver was like, all right, hey, don't forget. He's gone, so I need to, you know, yeah, I need to do something with me as well. So, not everybody's going to be happy with playing with LeBron James. And to be honest, I think media needs to stop telling, trying to grab people to bring them aboard to La La Land because obviously, if they don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. And the people that are there now, they made the commitment and say, you know what, I'll sacrifice to play in, with the Lakers and play with LeBron James. But I'm going to be honest with you. LeBron James needs to take a step back in order for the Lakers to excel. Me personally, 
I think he needs to give these young people, young these young talents, um, more experience to go for themselves. Like all jokes aside, I'm getting a little sick and tired of him having the ball on in his in his hands. Like he needs to delegate that to somebody else, play off the ball. Like the more he be, be the more he becomes all on the ball, the less it helps develop the young stars when they play. Bottom line. And so he needs a ball to be off the ball. No, he needs off. He needs to be off the ball. Period. Like there's other people that can handle the ball. Like I think he needs to give him that opportunity. I think the point is that he has to understand he's starting fresh with a new team. And I'm not knocking that, you know, LeBron, where LeBron James been. But what I'm saying is, is that if you want the Lakers as a team to grow, you have to give the opportunity to let the team grow. Like, you can't be in the ball all the time thinking that you got to run plays. Like, there's been, you know, we heard the talks about him making, you know, discrediting whatever plays Luke Walton calls, you know, LeBron James run the plays that he chose. Like, those are the type of things that you're saying, how are you going to – how is that going to affect the young people? Because down the road, Josh Hart might say, you know what – Yo, if LeBron could do it, why can't I? So I'm gonna just, I'm not gonna I'm gonna run my own plays. My thing is is that you gotta set that example. And if you're gonna bring these young kids aboard along to make it to the playoffs and beyond, you gotta set that example. And I'm not knocking because of LeBron James, because who he is. I'm just saying you gotta also show that example to bring these young kids. You can't do it by yourself and then force them to run the way that you want to them run. Because not everybody's going to be on board with that. Yeah, I'm with you, Al. I mean, he didn't say anything I, I thought terribly wrong. I mean, he was thinking of God, speaking to God honest truth. I mean, young players right now, I mean, like, how do you expect the choir is not going there? Um, Anthony Davis, I don't think he's going to that destination. I think he might go someplace else if he leaves, but I don't think he's going to the Lakers. I mean, I mean, Christ, if you had, you know, you have Paul George that didn't even want to go there once, you know, you know, and now, you know, he's there with LeBron James. So it's like, like you said, some people want to be able to develop in their own person. How much of your game do you have to sacrifice? Are you going to be sacrificing 60, 70% of your game to be that role player, that answery player to LeBron James? Now, there was, like you said, young guys in Miami, that was a unique situation where you had friends playing. And even to a certain degree, Dwayne Wade, who was the man prior, had to adjust his game to allow LeBron James to flourish, and he did. Um, Cleveland, he got pulled into a situation where you had a budding star and, you know, Kyrie Irving, who wasn't particularly on board with that move from the jump, but he dealt with it and got him a championship, but he still wanted to be the man which he was before, so he, he left with the Boston, so... Who really wants to go there and go from being the man to being the role player and knowing that if you win a championship in L.A., it's not going to be because of you. It's all going to be because of the other guy. Right. Oh, yeah, and they're also saying that you going to play with LeBron doesn't mean that you're you're winning a championship. You're building LeBron's legacy. You're you're building it more more so than, you know, creating your own, your own legacy. You're like, you're... LeBron's uh, sidekick versus you're the reason why you are part, you know, part of the reason why that you have that championship. Like, nobody's going to sit there and say Kyrie was the reason why Cleveland won the damn championship. It's this LeBron's fourth. 
or whatever the way they look at it. <laughs> oh, no, they don't, they don't say that. They say that, oh, is LeBron James, you know, helped bring back the Cleveland Cavaliers from a 3-1 deficit to win the championship. No, it was Kyrie Irving and that, that saved their bacon in that seventh game down the stretch that got right. you the championship. I mean, Kyrie hit the cut shot, the last shot to, right. to, 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 you know, to win it all. And yet it's still about LeBron. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, be honest with the Lakers, you had Kyle Kuzma, you had like Brandon Ingram, all of them were starting to, um, to starting to go on an incline when they started playing with the Lakers, when they was with the Lakers last year. When LeBron comes into play, now they sacrificing all the stuff that they were doing be, um, to help, you know, to, to, to do it the LeBron James's way. Not saying LeBron James' way, but and to include LeBron James into the Lakers. And you can tell that Kyle Kuzma is not the same Kyle Kuzma as, as last year. Brandon Ingram is not the same Brandon Ingram as last year. And it just seems as though that it, there's, they're sacrificing a lot because they used to be the t- – like those two players used to be the man. Like they used to be the go-to players, but now they're not. And now they don't know what their roles are because they don't know when to take over or when to do this or when to shoot the shot or when to do this because you have someone like LeBron always there, you know, to command the presence, to command the ball, to do all these type of things. So it's going to take a minute for them to gel together, that's for sure. I feel like this. If if LeBron James didn't go to the Lakers and he was staying in Cleveland, then Kevin Durant definitely would have went to the Lakers. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because Kevin needs to be the alpha dog. And we all, we all agree he, he, he's bailing after this season, more so if they win the chip. But where? Where's the question? Well, he needs to go someplace where not only he is the alpha dog, but where somebody, somebody else can join him. But the thing about it is he doesn't have any – Excuse me. He doesn't have anybody that was willing to join him at this stage. Unless he can, unless he can convince, uh, convince Clay Thompson to go somewhere with him. Clay ain't going nowhere with him. And then Golden State won't have that. <laughs> nah, he well, Clay wouldn't. Clay wouldn't go nowhere with with Kevin Durant. He'll. He. I think he's very much happy where he is. Yeah. I don't see Clay going nowhere. I don't think Clay is that that alpha dog. I think he's very much content being that that third dude that can sit there and drop sixty every so often and be pleased with his outcome. Personally, yes. I personally I think it wouldn't shock me the least if, in a stunning turn of events, Draymond gets shipped somewhere and KD stays in Golden State. I thought that too. I thought that too. Uh, it. it it would have to be contingent on the fact that they got to get a long-term commitment out of Durant. That and Boogie plays well uh, the second half of the season. Then, then you can part way. With, you can part way with Draymond. That's a big if. Nah, because then you got to because then you have to figure out what you're going to do with Boogie after this year because he's only there for one year. Right, but you could put that. And the amount of money that he's going to offer is not Draymond money. It's more than Draymond money, I should say. So, so you think Boogie is betting on himself to play well in the second half to command that big salary, or he's willing to sit there and take a little bit less so he can win multiple championships? Oh, he's betting on himself. He's betting on himself. Uh, yeah, without question. 
Yeah, I, I think he'll be happy with that one ring when he, if you know if he gets it this year, and he will bet on himself going forward. And if they don't win a ring and he comes back and plays pretty well, if Golden State is not going to commit to him long term, somebody's going to give him the money. So either way, his whole like you said, he's betting on himself. He needs to get himself back in basketball shape. Basically, auditioning for the rest of the teams out there the second half of the season into the playoffs. Well, he will be back in a couple of weeks, so we'll see how that starts for him. Right, right, right. Well, fellas, it looks like we hitting up against that time. It's always a pleasure when we can get together and discuss uh, sports. But let the folks know where they can hit you up. Uh, you can hit me on the um, Twitter and the gram at J.E. Ross, the number seven. And, of course, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, fellas, once again, it's always a pleasure. Coming down to that time of the year when things get a little festive, the eggnog starts to flow a little bit. Family and friends and the holidays. So... Take time out to not to do too much shopping over the next couple weeks. Let's keep sports in the front of our minds so we can come back next week and discuss uh, any potential crap that might be going on. There's always something when we're talking about sports. So, fellas, once again, it's a pleasure. For all the fans out there, we thank you. Uh, We appreciate you. We we continue to love and support you. Until next week, farewell. This is Guys Talking Sports. Bless.